Welcome to the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. And welcome to March Madness Week. The tournament starts this week, and I am excited about it. And joining me is a man who has led his team to two NCAA tournaments in his two years as a head coach. He was a longtime assistant at DePaul, but it is Bart Brooks, head coach of Belmont in Nashville, Tennessee. Belmont, one of, if not the best mid-major team in the country year in and year out. They can score at a high rate. They shoot the ball from the perimeter at a really high rate, have a ton of really good players. Um, their seniors are 12-0 and in their conference tournament during their season. So they've been to four straight. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. And, and Bart stepped in and has continued to help that program grow and even exceed what they've done before. Top 25 last year for the first time in school history and just uh, really is, has done some special things. So we'll get him on the phone, talk to him. Uh, before their NCAA tournament matchup with South Carolina later this week. So we'll get them on right now. This is the Jump Round. And welcome back to the Jump Around. And joining me, the head coach of Belmont, Bart Brooks. Coach, congratulations. NCAA tournament bound for the second year in a row for you, fourth year in a row for your program. Uh, big congrats to, to you and, and the Bruins. Well, thank, thanks, Blake. appreciate you having me on and appreciate all, all that you're doing to, to grow our game and to, to get our game out there in, in the media and you know, we we appreciate you and all your hard work, and it is it really is uh, a special special day for us and our, our program, knowing we're going to the NCAA tournament again, and four years in a row for these seniors. When they came in as freshmen, you know, the the goal of the program was to get to the NCAA tournament, and now now that's an expectation. They they've really raised the standards with this program, and I'm excited for them that they get another opportunity. Yeah. Well, you. Before we get into your team, and we will, I just want to briefly touch on your background for people who don't know you and don't know who you are. You're, you're a guy from Wyoming who went to Wyoming, started coaching at low levels. Uh, did you ever foresee yourself uh, kind of reaching what you've reached, you know, a Division One head coach at one of, if not the best, mid-major program in the country? You know, I, I would... Um... I'm not sure what I really saw when I started out. I, I knew I wanted to coach. I knew I, I had a passion for for competing and for basketball. I loved I just love every part of the, the strategy and of preparing your team and and trying to figure out how to beat another team. I just love everything about the, the nuts and bolts of coaching. I think the thing I wasn't really sure about was how much I would love the relationship part of coaching and getting to know and, and watch young people grow from the time they're freshmen to the time they walk out the door as seniors. And I had, I, I had no clue. People would ask me all the time, what's your dream job? What, what's your, what's your goal? What do you want to do ultimately? And I really didn't have a good answer because I felt like I, I had my dream job when I got to coach alongside coach Bruno at DePaul for 11 seasons. And yeah. uh, when I was a GA at Barry university, doing laundry and doing scouts and recruiting and going to class and sweeping the floors and all the stuff that I got my hands in a part of every, every facet of a program. And 
I loved it. So I, I'm one of those guys that I really didn't have this, this clear destination of where I wanted to, to end up. And, and, you know, I, I blinked a couple of times and I, I find myself at Belmont in one of the most beautiful cities in a, a great campus with a, an opportunity to coach some unbelievable young women every day. So I feel like I've a jackpot. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned DePaul and Doug Bruno. Um, first off, if, if I can get out of here grabbing a, a good Doug Bruno story from you, that would be just fantastic. Uh, so I'll get you, I'll give you a minute to think about that. But um, Doug's one of, you know, one of the coaches held in kind of highest regard amongst other coaches. Uh, 11 years there in Chicago with him. Uh, what was it like um, just being a part of that program? It was like it was like a, a coaching clinic every day. I mean, the the attention to detail in every part of the game, every part of running a program. And I'm so fortunate that he he saw the value in including all of his assistants in in really the every every day how things are run, um, the the looking forward to how how we approach scheduling to. Um, planning practice I and mean, every part of a program we got our we got our hands in it we got to learn from him as we went and you know it, it really was a coaching clinic every day I, I learned something from coach Bruno every single day I was with him and um, I, I I look back to my time I wish I would have taken more notes because there's hmm. there's things that I've forgotten that I wish I would have paid more attention to and, and um, he he's just an unbelievable uh, an unbelievable teacher and a and a fighter for women's basketball. And um, man, I'm I'm so fortunate for the time I spent with him and some other great coaches, you know, working alongside him. And um, yeah, he's he's a one of a kind. He's a hall. He's a future Hall of Famer. I mean, for what he's done at a school that you know they they don't always have as much as the other big guys they compete against. But man, they do more with less, better than anyone. Yeah. How did you get plugged in with him in that in that job? Well, I, I as a grad assistant at Perry University um, down in Miami Shores, Florida, I worked for Nikki Hayes Fort, who, mm-hmm. who really took a chance and, and rolled the dice and hired me, um, a, a kid from Wyoming who, you know, was willing, and that's about all I brought to the table. I was willing to work, <laughs> and I didn't have a whole lot of experience, and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like she hired this great recruiter, I and mean, she, she really took a chance on me, and... Um, through through my time at Barry, Nikki had a, a really good relationship with Maggie Dixon at, at DePaul and obviously Coach Bruno at DePaul. So in the summers, uh, as a grad assistant, I needed to make a little money and I had a lot of free time. So I went up with her to work at DePaul's camps for two years. The summer, the first summer I was at, at Barry and then obviously the summer going into um, my last year and through that time at camp, uh, I got to know coach Bruno and he is one of the most generous guys with his time and with, um, just treating everyone like they they matter. And I was, I was this little grad assistant, no nothing guy that, you know, he, he really, he really spent good time with me and, and made me, made me passionate about continuing in the career and continuing to work and to get better. And, um, it was just an unbelievable experience. And I guess through that, something that Coach Bruno talks about all the time is 
your life, what you do in life is an interview and how you act every day is an interview. And, um, I, I didn't know I was being interviewed during those camp, yeah. you know, those, those couple of weeks of camp. And at the end of the day, when I graduated, I, I got a phone call from coach Bruno and he offered me a job. And, you know, for me, it was, it was a no brainer. I, I believed in him and his program. And, and, um, again, I, I can't, I can't think of a better place to learn how to uh, head coaching, uh, study like I got with coach Bruno for 11 years at DePaul. Yeah. Well, I can tell that in the way you're speaking of him, I'm not going to get a good story, but so can you give me, can I get, do you have a Doug Bruno impersonation at least? Coach Bruno lost his voice yelling over a jackhammer in 1985. <laughs> People don't realize they think he, he just screams at his team all the time. Well, he was, he was trying to yell during camp. So, um, He's like, he is an unbelievable, unbelievably competitive guy. Yeah. And um, I don't know that I've ever, ever met anyone more competitive than Coach. But on the, at the same token, I don't know that I've ever met anyone quicker to shed a tear with people that he cares about. And, you know, just being, I know Coach um, just recently bossed his mom and, you know, within the last, last year here, and he, um, one of the, the, the coolest moments that I spent at the fall, Coach Bruno um, was a part of the, the Olympic coaching staff with Gino and, you know, worked for Gino and, and USA Basketball. And the coaches during the Olympics don't receive medals, but USA Basketball makes medals that they presented to the coaches. And pregame, one of our games, I think it was probably against Connecticut, where they, they presented the medals to Coach Bruno and Gino, and um, Coach Bruno got his medal and ran it over to his mom. And you know, with tears. It was it was mm. hard not to have tears in, in my eyes. And his mom uh, was a veteran of the military, and she was always ticked off that she didn't get to go over and fight. She had to stay home and do stuff. They wouldn't let her fight, and that always made her mad. That's kind of the mindset, yeah. the, the toughness that Coach Bruno had too. And uh, but no, that was just a special moment yeah. that I know he shared with his mom, and that was just—it was. I think people see the competitor of Coach Bruno all the time. I don't know that they see just how genuine, loyal, and good he is as a person and a human being. And you know, learning from him, you know, I, I got all sorts of funny stories we could tell too. But that one, that one really, to me, sums up who and what Coach Bruno is. He's he's family. He's 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 just as competitive as they get, but there's no one who will do more for you. And, you know, I, I just love the guy. Yeah. Wow. That's an incredible story. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, so you, you're there for 11 years with them and then Belmont opens with, um, Cam Newbauer going to Florida. Uh, what made the, what made the job, uh, appealing to you? What made you finally kind of decide, yeah, this is going to be my first head coaching job. Well, I, I, um, I'm friends with Cam and he's, he's probably one of my closest friends in the business. And, um, so I felt like I learned about Belmont through his eyes. And when he got the job, um, you know, he would, he would tell me how amazing this place was. And if you know, Cam, you might understand how I, I probably, uh, you know, I, I'm sure it is, buddy. I'm sure it's great. Whatever. Um, but the more, the more he would talk about it, the more he would, you know, this was this. It was I. I liken it to Trollville in, in the movie Trolls, where it's they they set a stop 
botched a hug every 30 minutes and they sing songs and it's just perfect. It's a utopia. And, um, you know, I didn't really understand it until I got here on my interview and I met with a lot of people. I, I saw this beautiful campus um, and there were, there were just so many good things about it. And the thing I did, the, the last part of my interview, the, the most stressful part for me was walking in and sitting down in front of the team for the first time. And about five minutes into it, I just felt like I was home. I felt, I felt a peace. I felt, uh, comfortable and I just felt like I was coaching my team and and for the last you know last 45 minutes of that interview I felt like I was talking to my team and that was a really cool feeling and never knowing what was going to happen in the process how how it was going to work itself out I somehow ended up with a job and um that really was the 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 tipping point for me and, and still is an excite the, the excitement for me to come to work every day is being around those young those young people that I get to coach and that that Cam was responsible for bringing to campus and he did an incredible job not only assembling basketball talent but assembling the people who who would work and compete and were driven you know in the classroom driven to compete on the basketball floor. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so fortunate I get to work with those guys every day. So, it, it you know, the, the Belmont thing to me, I just found that it kind of checked all the boxes. It was a place where we could compete when it was a place where I could coach the, the kind of players I want to coach, people who are driven to succeed in life, not just basketball, and people where you could bring your family around and, and family mattered. And I think that's something I learned at DePaul and something that I, I found here at Belmont. How do you manage expectations taking over a program that's been so successful? I mean, you're the new guy, right? It's like, hey, we've been to the tournament a couple of years. You know, they almost beat Kentucky the year before you got here. Don't mess this up, man. How do you handle that? I felt like I uh, I did a lot of stress eating at 2 a.m. turn at a wall. I mean, it, it was – I'm not sure I slept for weeks at a time. It was – you know, I, I, a good friend of mine, Jill Pizzotti, who I worked with at DePaul and, and does such a great job uh, with Coach Bruno and has been a, a great coach in her own right for a lot of years. She she told me, when you become a head coach, you're either going to gain 20 or lose 20. And I think I was in the gain 20 category. Um, but it was, it really was a... Uh, a challenge and, and you know I, I guess I'd rather have that challenge than the challenge of having no expectations because your program was in a place where yeah. you had to build something um, but it really was you know stressful challenging and um, you know plugging plugging three holes in a boat you only have two plugs yeah. kind of thing where yeah. it's just like you're you're always fighting uphill to, to make sure something crazy doesn't happen and um, I just I just give so much of the credit to our players and their their resiliency and their their effort and how they approached every day and and, and to Cam you know Cam Newbauer did a like I said an incredible job not only building a roster but he built a culture here and those players the toughness and the belief in themselves that they had you know was is is hugely from what he did. Yeah. What? Um, well, then you get in, into the season and. You guys go thirty-one and four, and you run your conference uh, undefeated. Uh, was there a point in the season that you finally felt like, okay, 
We're good. We're doing this right. We're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're doing this correctly. You know, I, I always felt like we were a play away from everything just blowing up. <laughs> I really did. And on, I, I was, I was nervous. I was, you know, looking at everything like, you know, this is going to go wrong and how, how are we going to stop this from happening? And, you know, it's, it's almost like I was, I was pushing out of more fear than, than excitement. And at one point in the season, I, I remember walking down to the, to the floor to play a home game. And it was, I was just had all these thoughts of negativity. And I, I remember, I don't remember exactly what the, what the article was, but I just read an article about talking to yourself instead of, instead of listening to yourself, talk to yourself. Cause we, we all have conversations with ourselves mm-hmm. every day. We all, there's an inner monologue going on every day. And, and it's really the, the gist of the article was you got to control the, the content of that conversation. And so I, I started to spend way more time telling myself why we were going to be good instead of worrying why we could be bad. And um, I think things really changed and shifted from that point. And I think the team obviously felt that from, from the guys standing up talking to them every day that there was there was more confidence and more swag about what we were doing and why why no one could do anything to stop us if we were if we were playing how we could play and it was it was really kind of a, a shift in my perspective that that helped change that and I, I I don't know exactly what game that was or when that happened but it was sometime about the middle of the middle of the year. And it really made my first year more enjoyable. I don't know if I'd have lasted more than a year if, uh, <laughs> if I kept going the way I was going. But um. yeah, well, you 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 went out in the first round last year. Uh, I know it was, a, it was a tough game for you guys, but now uh, another opportunity. You go twenty six and six this year, sixteen and two. Um, you, you win again. Your seniors have gone twelve and zero in the OVC tournament, which is just absurd. Um, what can Incredible. you, yeah, I Incredible. mean, it's remarkable. So what can you say specifically about that senior class? And you've got a, a bunch of kids that just own the record books, but, uh, specifically about those seniors that have, have accomplished that and led you guys to the NSA tournament again. What, uh, what would you want to say about them? Well, there's just an incredible, I don't know if people understand how hard it is to show up every day and consistently perform at a high level. And not only in, in games did, did that group do that, but they did it in practice. They did it, they showed, not only did they they show up, they showed the younger players how it's done. And just the, the legacy that they're going to leave when they walk out this door and they graduate, uh, you know, what, what used to be the ceiling of this program, getting to the NCAA tournament, that's now the floor. That's now the lowest expectation. Every class that comes into this, program that's what they expect and that's that's kind of the baseline and for them to do that in a four-year span is just incredible and um i, I don't know that i don't know that i even comprehend how hard that is to go 12 and 0 and one and out basketball against teams that know you extremely well against some really good coaches and, you know kevin mcmillan at ut martin is an incredible coach and you know we've we've beat them the last two years in the, the tournament championship and both games, they were were possession away from them them being to two in a row and, and us not. So, um, yeah, I, I just can't say enough 
about how impressed I am with our seniors, how they approach every day, and um, you know how they're going to lead us moving forward. It's just it's pretty special. That's pretty. Uh, it's been cool, and I mean, I I spent some time with you guys last year on campus watching uh, your practice and just watching how you guys do things and. Um, even then, uh, which was earlier in the season, the, the buy-in was, was there and, um, there was no lack of energy, but I think when you, when people who don't know, think of, you know, Belmont, which some people will be like, where's Belmont? You know, like, I don't even know where that is on a map. Uh, but you look at some of these, these players and it's not like, Hey, these are just good. You know, these are pretty good players for Belmont or the OVC. Like you guys have, you guys have some good basketball players on your team. And I, I think that kind of gets overlooked sometimes uh, when you are at a smaller school like that. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're exactly correct. I mean, it, it, I think um, almost everywhere we go, you know, it's not like we, we turn a lot of heads in the airport or we get on the floor for warmups and the other team's looking at us like, oh, who are those guys? Right. You know? um, it's kind of like we're overly impressive in the, in the layup lines, but um I think the once the game starts and once people watch us play, I think everyone realizes how good Darby Maggard is. That she's, you know, she's five three, but she's one of the most skilled, most prolific three point shooters in, in the nation. And um, yeah, we 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 have some really really good players, and uh, part of that is is them buying into the off season system of, of working and getting better. And, and they've, they've improved since they've been here. The other part is, uh, you know, we've, we've worked hard in recruiting and I know Cam worked extremely hard in recruiting and it was, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where we just have so much, so much to sell here at Belmont and so much, uh, in our program that we feel like we're doing, doing well, that it, it really is something that I think once people see us, they, they do take notice and they, they understand it, but you really, you really do have to pay attention to women's basketball. And I'm not sure that there's a lot of people out there who really understand how good and how talented our kids are. Yeah. Well, with this year in the tournament, is there anything that you going into it will do differently um, or things that you will do the same that you learned from last year, though, that things that you picked up from last year going into it uh, that will affect how you guys handle it this year. Yeah, I think, I think my, I'm going to be way more focused on us. Uh, I think last year I was, I was still an assistant coach scout mode mm. too much. And I was, I was so focused on Duke and everything that they were going to do. And, you know, if they do this, we got to do that. Just being so almost overly obsessed with with our opponent, and maybe not quite as tuned into what we needed as a team, and some of the some of the things I could have done better as a leader. So, I think this year, hopefully, I'm going to learn from that. Be a lot more dialed into our team, and making sure our team is doing us right before we overly fixate on who we're playing and what we got to stop, and make sure we're doing what we got to do. And, um, that's that's easy to say, but then we're, we're, our name's gonna pop up on that that TV screen, and you know, panic mode ones too, because the team we're playing, I'm, I'm guessing, is gonna be really, really good, really, really good on offense, really good on defense, and it'll be it'll be a challenge no matter who it is. But um, I think that's one thing that, as I self-evaluated last year that I, I got to do better. 
Well, um, you guys, it's been impressive, uh, really, is uh, what you guys have done uh, over your time and, and just continue to rolling on. I know you guys are excited about this. I have to leave you uh, with one fun question, okay? Um, and it's, it's not Belmont related. So if, if you'll allow me, I'd like to go off topic. Is that okay? I'm in, Blake. I'm in. I need you to tell me, Bart, about you being a champion dairy goat showman as a sixth grader. Blake, it's rare probably that you get to, to, you get to speak with champions on this show. I know. But it's, it's rare that you get to speak with someone who was as, as dominant and as impressive as I was in the sixth yes. grade in the, in the Wyoming State Fair the Dairy Goat Showman, the Junior Showman in the Wyoming State Fair in my sixth grade year, uh, my goat Molly performed admirably by my side, but I nailed the questions. I was dressed head to toe in with a white hat, white shirt, white pants, white, you had to wear white. Oh. Like, I'm just fortunate it was before, uh, I think it was before, it was obviously before cell phones. I'm hoping there's no video footage. If there is, I'm in trouble. Um, but it, you're talking to you're talking to someone who who mopped up the rest of the state of Wyoming. That, that yes, it was wasn't even close. Talk your talk, Bart. Yes, I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I my sole purpose in my life right now is to find video evidence of this. Now, just so you know, that's <laughs> I'm dedicating myself to that. That's I'm where sure. I am now. I, I guarantee it's been destroyed. Now, well, I will be on the phone with your family <laughs> as soon as I hang up with you. So we'll we'll track it down. But no, I. Uh, uh, you are a champion, and and all joking aside, your your program is a championship program. They've proven it over and over. Uh, again, four straight OVC titles. Belmont going to the NCAA tournament yet again. Uh, Bart, congratulations to you and your team, and best of luck this year. Blake, thank you so much. Appreciate again all you do for us, and uh, keep keep it rolling, man. We appreciate you. Well, thanks to uh, Coach Brooks of Belmont for joining me and taking the time to share a story. And, uh, I mean, his team, yes, incredible. You need to watch them. They're fun. They're dangerous. But a, a goat-showing champion, that's, uh, you're not going to get that anywhere else. That's guaranteed. I appreciate you listening to The Jump Around, whether you listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen, I appreciate it. If you listen on iTunes, if you can leave a rating or a review, that is appreciated. You can find me on Twitter, at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is The Jump Around.